Blog Talk Radio. Round one. Fight, 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 fight. Welcome to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Wiesel, Presidente. Here we go. It is, I tell you what, I am so glad to see a little bit of sunshine here in Indianapolis where we flagship all across the United States. Welcome, uh, our uh, affiliate radio stations as well, and of course, all across the land on uh, through uh, Blog Talk Radio or however you may be listening to us. Welcome. Yes, we do have some thawage going on here in Indianapolis. We have been underneath a, a glacier for a couple of weeks now, and I can actually begin to see grass. That's good. It's always good when you can see grass, right? <laughs> so, hey, you know what? We're, this weekend, this is it. It's all coming down, comes down to this weekend. We will find out. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? The Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or the New England Patriots? We'll get into that and mostly into the second hour. Uh, standing by in the balanced green room, though, is Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor. GoDaddy is back. GoDaddy is back on a race car. I'll tell you about it when we get back right here on the balance Radio Network. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente. 917-889-8516 is my digits. You're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new Beat Up Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. 
Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Well, I told you uh, in the opening monologue, <clears throat> uh, GoDaddy is back on a race car. Joining us now, Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor. Uh, going to talk with us a little bit about that and also what's going on in the world of racing and coming up here in about a half hour. Uh, we'll be talking with Tyson Lautenslager of uh, calling us from up in Canada uh, from onpitroad.com. Going to be talking with us in more detail about what we're about to talk about right now uh, with uh, Danica Patrick uh, and GoDaddy uh, have uh, uh, got back together, per se, at least for a couple races. Uh, Matthew, how are you doing, sir? Oh, no, living well, enjoying life. Uh, cereal, that is, in this case, but uh, otherwise, all's good. Are you are you getting some uh, thaw thawing down up there? Are you starting to see some sunshine and the ice and snow go away? Yeah, it's sun's rising right now at least. So you're 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 far, way further north than us. So uh, uh, hopefully uh, you guys will get rid of the snow here soon. Well, as we t- talked about. Go Daddy back on a race car. Talk with us a little bit about how that came together, and uh, we'll get into more detail about what that means to racing and, and, and certainly what it means to Danica Patrick. That's all nice finding Danny, but the problem is, again, she has not confirmed the team, which tells me that things are not going well or the teams that she is getting are not the teams that she wants. I think right now the best-case scenario for a Daytona 500 ride is a premium motorsports and very uncontrolled with badly last year at Daytona. And the best option she probably has for the Indianapolis 500 is Dreyer Reinbold Racing. And, yes, they have purchased more Dolores this year. Uh, they're an only a one-team race per year per team situation as well. And you don't know how much attention she's going to get compared to Sage Karam. So, 
the situation is still looking far from good right now. Uh, pretty much every big Honda team has said no to her. Uh, Ed Carpenter Racing is probably the lone Chevrolet or big-time team hope that she has left, and even that is a long shot considering who else Carpenter is looking for. Probably the answer in that case would be J.R. Hildebrand again. So it's not looking good right now, and I think, again, she is better suited to herself to confirm a team rather than keeping people in the loop because all it's just saying is, she has a lot. This is all fine and dandy, but she, in reality, has nothing. Well, you know, here's the thing, though, and and we'll get into the the importance of having the sponsorship here in just a second. But at the end of the day, she's walking up to these teams and saying, "Hey, I have a sponsor. I have somebody that's going to pay for my ride." Doesn't that make her negotiations with said team a little bit easier? Yeah, but you don't do that beforehand. I, this is something we have never seen before because it's not an effective way to work. You do that when all the I's and are dotted and the T's are crossed, uh, which tells me that things are not going well and she's just trying to make a late break boo, trying to get a ride, like kind of like what's happening with you know the government and the shutdown situation happened last night. I mean, it's a... Uh, it's a mess, and it's not an effective way to do things, especially, I mean, I compare it to, like, jumping out of a plane without a parachute and trying to make the parachute before you crash land on the ground. It's just not an effective way to do things, and it's not going to get her a competitive ride. It's going to get her a ride to compete in the races, probably, but it's not going to get her a ride in which she is going to be competitive and a chance to have not only a good result, but a chance to win the race. Well, absolutely, and you know, here's the thing, and what we saw was uh, the deal with uh, Richard Childress Racing uh, fall apart, and you know, let's face it, uh, Danica Patrick is not used to things not going her way, Uh, and in a lot of ways, we can say that Danica Patrick's uh, pretty spoiled and pretty much gets what she wants, and uh, if she can't get it one way, she'll get it another way, and so maybe one of the things that she was thinking about was, hey, you know, if I could bring back GoDaddy to auto racing, which left back in what was it, uh, two thousand about five years ago, uh, I believe, is when they left uh, auto racing per- uh, permanently, <clears throat> and uh, and she maybe her her line of thinking was, hey, I can uh, you know get somebody back in racing as far as a sponsorship. And then that'll allow me to open up doors because I'm I'm bringing uh, the the sponsor. As, as we know, she has announced that she's lined up and sponsored to uh, plan her her uh, Danica double, not the not the double double, but the Danica double as they're calling it. And she'll be running the Daytona 500 in February and the Indianapolis 500 in May. Again, uh, uh, of course, she's going to have to find a team. She's going to have to find a car, as Matthew was just talking about. Uh, she still needs to find a ride for both. Uh, but this was pretty big news as far as excuse me, as sponsorship money and racers go. Uh, GoDaddy, for those that don't know, was her sponsor back when she was here in Indianapolis at the, in the IndyCar Series. And uh, her, her new sponsor just happens to be one of her old sponsors. And, you know, GoDaddy uh, said on its website, it is the place, says on its website, I'm sorry, it is the place people come to name their idea, build a professional website, 
attract customers to manage their work. It says it has more than 17 million customers worldwide. Uh, this from a statement from GoDaddy, having the opportunity to come full circle and support Danica as she does uh, as she closes out her racing career is awesome. Uh, and that is from Barb Rechterman, uh, a GoDaddy executive vice president and its chief marketing officer, uh, said Friday in an email presser. You may have seen that, uh, Matt. It's sort of a, a going on uh, to, about this. It's sort of a storybook ending that will unfold in the spotlight. But for us, what's even more powerful is the alignment between our brands. Uh, but uh, this is but really not necessarily a... It's deceiving, yeah, though, because, exactly. I mean, she doesn't technically have a ride. I mean, that's the thing that makes this so weird is, well, if she has a ride locked up, why isn't she announcing it? And I think that tells me the ride, again, is not a ride that she wants. Well, you know, I don't know that this is quite a warm and fuzzy walk down memory lane with Danica and GoDaddy, uh, but, uh, see, uh, when, when when Patrick when Danica signed with GoDaddy when she was still driving an IndyCar in 2006 at that time, GoDaddy was still trying to achieve its brand awareness, and Patrick was still an up and coming uh, IndyCar sensation. Uh, so I think James Hinchcliffe did more for GoDaddy than Danica did for GoDaddy. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot more. Uh, a lot more personable person. A lot more of a character. I mean, that's the reason why he's. I mean, with Dancing with the Stars and all this stuff, I mean, he is a person kind of like Michael Walter. He is very good with sponsors. Uh, that's what makes James Hitchcliffe so appealing. It kind of surprises me why he doesn't have, you know, a bigger sponsor than Aero Electronics uh, for this season and for the last several seasons because he is very approachable and he is a very brand-effective person in addition to an excellent driver. So it, it just you know, kind of baffles me why he's not getting uh, the big sponsors and yet Danica still is. Well, you know, GoDaddy uh, says it's the world's largest cloud platform with 73 million domain names uh, under under its management. Uh, and they're in Europe, Latin America, and Asia. I mean, you ask yourself, does does uh, 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 GoDaddy really need Danica now? And I, I think yes, in a lot of ways, it, it does, it turns out. And, you know, GoDaddy won't advertise at the Super Bowl this year because they're focusing their marketing efforts uh, around around Patrick. And, you know, going back to that press uh, release for, for what, that I was referring to earlier, uh, they mentioned that Danica is tough as nails. She's tenacious in, in uh, the face of adversity. Uh, she takes risk, and it's all about doing what she loves, no matter what critics say. That's pretty much what describes our core customer, whether it's a business owner, an entrepreneur, or people who want to build a website for the school family or whatever, she's evolving the next into the next chapter, which lands right into GoDaddy's uh, sweet spot, if you will. Uh, both GoDaddy and Danica are, are a lot better known uh, than now than they were uh, 12 years ago, uh, but it's I think a lot of ways it, this is a, a something that GoDaddy thinks is going to help them uh, get back in the spotlight. Again, they're not even doing any advertising in the Super Bowl this year, which is pretty huge for them because they've been pretty much a staple in the Super Bowl for several years now. Well, the thing is, though, I think also they were trying to clean up their image after, you know, Parsons left and all that stuff, which, you know, they got revealing and all that stuff. I think they were trying to clean up their image. Hopefully they're still on that path right now because 
as we've seen uh, with Monster Energy, it's the sponsor of the Cup Series. There's been a lot of backlash about, you know, the Victory Lane girls and all that stuff. So I think it was a move that was a smart move. Now, if they're going to get back into that or not, I don't know. But we'll have to wait and see on that, of course. But uh, ultimately here, uh, the big deal right now is I think that I think a lot of fans are starting to get a little bit restless about this. Is If you have a ride confirm the ride, and then start getting ready for the race. Because you you can't put one of these deals, an effective deal together in just a few, a matter of weeks. I mean, we saw, especially, I mean, Daytona now, racing now, you could get away with considering that Daytona's probably going to just barely have a 40-car field, and the same's going to go with Indy with a 33-car field. You can get away with it. You don't have to worry about failing to qualify or anything. But when it comes to race day, uh, you just can't expect to, you know, just run a handful of laps on a couple of days and then be ready and ultimately run up front. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. And uh, I don't know if it's someone inside the program that is telling her you could do it this way or she just personally thinks she could do it this way. I don't know what it is, but it's, Whatever the reasoning is, waiting till the last minute, uh, it's not going to equate to a successful conclusion to her career. It's going to be, yeah, she's going to make both races, but it's not going to be, you know, in a major role. It's going to be a role where she is probably running at the mid-pack or the back of the pack, and obviously that's not what she is hoping for for a final two races. But when you go so late and you stall so late on stuff like this, I hate to say it, Tom, but it looks like that's the direction she's going to end up heading here because uh, you just, with all of these teams that run the full schedule and all of these deals that now are happening earlier and earlier, there's a reason for it, and it's because you want to be competitive. And you have to have – this is not just a one-day, one-race deal thing. You've got to have things to go for at least weeks, months in advance in order to make sure everything is prepared properly – Everything is put together so that the competitive and the good result is possible. That's the real way things go today. And if, I mean, it's tough to say that, but the way she's going about it, that's not the route that most of the effective plans over the years recently uh, have gone. Well, you know, and I'm specifically speaking of the Indianapolis 500, not so much the Daytona 500 coming up in February, but I specifically am, am thinking about the Indianapolis 500. And, you know, I know there's a lot of speculation of who she'll drive for. She'll drive for somebody. Uh, but there's a couple of names that, uh, that, I, that I wonder about. You wonder if she could be a third-entry car for Ed Carpenter Racing, and you also wonder if maybe uh, uh, Dreyer and Reinball Racing – uh, is is a, is an option as well. Their general manager, uh, Chase Selman, is married to Danica Patrick's sister, Brooke, uh, and uh, the couple have two young daughters. And uh, and uh, Danica's parents, TJ and Bev, uh, moved west of Indianapolis to be closer to the family. Patrick, meanwhile, is a frequent visitor to Indiana and spent the Christmas holiday with her parents and sisters and brother-in-laws. So you wonder if that's a possibility as well. I think the more likely possibility is Brian Reinbold because at least Dennis Reinbold has confirmed, as he confirmed it to Racer Magazine a couple of days ago, that he is in talks with Danica. Uh, there has been a lot of mootness going on with ECR, and I think the reason is uh, 
they still have the sponsorship with Preferred Freezer Services. And I think the man that Preferred Freezer wants behind the wheel is J.R. Hildebrand as opposed to Danica, even though she does come with sponsorship. So I think right now the best option right now is for a Dennis Reinbold team that is, like I've said, has bought more equipment. They bought new Dolores this year. They are a team that is looking to expand its operation from being, because they used to be a full-time team up until the 2012 Indianapolis 500, and then they scaled to Indy-only efforts. Uh, this is a program, uh, Dennis Reinbold, a longtime uh, car dealer magnet in the Indianapolis area, multiple different brands. Uh, he wants to get back in as a full-time team. He'd like to do it before the brand-new Delara comes out in either 2020 or 2021. And uh, certainly, uh, this would give him a boost. Now, granted, it's for one race, but uh, I think this is the little boost of attention they need to possibly get the word out that they want to run more events and run a full schedule. And uh, hopefully, this is the springboard that would get them there, uh, even though yeah, there could be some headaches along the way in the month of May, but ultimately it could be the springboard or the launching pad to getting them back to where they are a full-time team that runs in all the events. Well, we'll see. And certainly, I, I get I think this is a strong uh, opportunity for her to, to have in her, in her corner anyway. Anytime you could go to a team and say, hey, I, I have a sponsorship. Oh, and by the way, it's paid for. Um it, it, it makes your negotiations a, a little bit easier. I again, I, I, I we don't know who it's going to be, but we'll, we'll be finding out in, in in the coming weeks on who that will will be. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some uh, other uh, just IndyCar talk and news. Uh, Alfie, Alfie Romeo is looking uh, to IndyCar as well. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Alfa Romeo was in the sport from 1999 through the end, or 1989 through the end of 1991. Uh, paired up with Pat Patrick, only ran a limited, you know, budget with just that team. Were very unsuccessful, very underpowered. Again, uh, we talk about third inning things, and the thing is, hopefully, this is a serious effort if this does get announced, because the last thing IndyCar needs again is a situation like they had with Lotus, that a group that just was there in name only really didn't seem to care about how they performed or what they provided to their uh, teams. IndyCar can't afford that. They need to find someone that is going to make a serious effort at this, is going to take a fair and realistic shot as opposed to Chevrolet and Honda that have the same level of commitment. Otherwise, this is not going to work. I think that's the biggest thing right now is they need to find someone that is willing to sacrifice and is willing to put everything to being competitive. That was the situation they did not get with Lotus. That's why Lotus went out after one season. Uh, if Alpha Romeo is willing to take the burden on and do it seriously and competitively, they are more than welcome to join the party. But if they are like Lotus and elect just to be there in name only, it is not going to be effective, and it's going to hurt IndyCar in the long run. So ultimately, IndyCar, if they're going to add in the third manufacturer, they need to find someone that has the same level of commitment as Chevrolet and Honda. Otherwise, it's just a lost cause if they just bring in a third one just to say they have level out the playing field as far as providing engines and stuff like that. If that's the route they come into, uh, they're going to be disappointed like they were when Lotus was here in 2012. So... Uh... 
we only got, got you for a few more minutes, and then we're going to be talking with Tyson Lautenschlager. You're welcome to hang around and talk some NASCAR with us. Uh, but, uh, you know, final final thoughts on, or anything that you want to uh, wrap up as far as news and IndyCar of what's going on with that? Still question marks right now. looks like Coin is going to share the second car uh, with Zachary Clement DeMeo and Jack Hawksworth this one with Clement DeMeo running the Indianapolis 500. Uh, beyond that, I think you look through the field right now. If Rayal Letterman is going to run a third card Indy, it's definitely got to be for Oriel Servia at this point, considering he ran in the top five for them. It was a contention for a victory this past year until he got caught up in the big accident. Schmidt Motorsports, uh, maybe they can run a fourth car, maybe for someone like a Juan Pablo Montoya. That could be a possible uh, factor at this point. Obviously, Dale Coyne, Pippa Mann. Uh, Carpenter, even though, yeah, you've heard stuff about Danica Patrick, I think ultimately uh, the person they're going to be going for for that third seat would be J.R. Hildebrand. Uh, we've also heard Harding Racing is looking for a second ride, so if things don't work out at Dreyer, maybe Danica takes her GoDaddy money to Brian Barnhart uh, with Harding Racing. Uh, Foyt could look for a third car. Zuntos is looking at a second driver, but I think probably they'll probably go with like a Sabedra again, that's someone that's got money. And then the rest of the field, uh, the dry and Ryan Bowl. Keep in mind, though, just one word of caution for Danica. Don't make your teammate uh, Sage Karen mad because, remember, he is a wrestler. <laughs> that's, that's right, absolutely. Well, uh, Matthew Embry of uh, – of, uh, I always mess it up. I'm so sorry. At Open Wheel, Indy Open Wheel. Did I get that right? I messed it up again, didn't Popular I? Popular Open Wheel dot com and as I mentioned in the test That's things right. also you can hear listen to me uh, overnights on Z ninety four three in South Bend. I will be a host of the overnight hours there starting on Monday. You know, one other thing real quick, Matthew, before we let you go, you know, there was other big breaking news surrounding Danica Patrick as well. Uh, apparently, as she has now uh, moved on from Ricky Steinhouse Jr. and is now her new beau is one Aaron Rodgers at the Green Bay Packers. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I've known that for weeks. So that was the one thing people said you would not <laughs> believe who her new hubby is. Well, uh, hopefully it's just one of those things where she could at least die down. It becomes more than just a friendship like it was with Tiger Woods and Lindsey Vaughn. Uh, that's all I can say on that. I don't go into, you know, personal lives with people that much. I'm just focusing <laughs> on the racing. So uh, don't ask me. I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. So let's uh, let's just leave it <laughs> All right, Matt. You have yourself a good weekend, and we'll talk with you again soon, sir. Not a problem, and uh, like I said, uh, big action coming up, uh, Anaheim number two. Uh, hopefully the points leader doesn't get injured because we've lost Eli Tomac uh, the first week. Hopefully he'll be back this weekend, but Marvin Muskan is out with a separated shoulder, so hopefully uh, the bad luck doesn't go to Jason Anderson, who won last week in Houston. Plus uh, Farna looking for another title and a number one plate. He's got the red plate coming in, but there are a lot of people behind him. Uh, that certainly want to rip that away from us. So it should be an awesome night of racing uh, when they get back to Anaheim tonight. All right, buddy, we look forward to it, and you have yourself a good week, and we'll talk with you again soon. Anytime, Tom. Thanks. Matthew Embry, 
uh, joins us, our official IndyCar contributor, talking to us about the biggest breaking news of what's uh, been going on in, in the racing offseason so far. Let's go, Daddy, uh, reuniting, uh, if you will, with uh, Danica Patrick. Now, Danica Patrick, all she has to do is find a ride. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente, 917-889-8516 is my digits. We'll be talking with Tyson Lautenslager of OnPitRoad.com. We're going to continue this conversation about Danica, but more on the NASCAR side of things as we get geared up uh, for the Daytona 500 coming up in just a few short weeks. Uh, we'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up! So many pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket. Keep, Keep up! Why you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault they all be jacking. Keep up! Players only. Come on! Put your pinky fingers to the moon. Girls, what y'all trying to do? 24 carat magic in the So I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new beat-up, fast-break lunch menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. And welcome back to the balance. 917-889-8516 is my digits if you want to call and talk racing or talk NFL or talk NBA, whatever you want to talk about. We are here to talk with you. Thanks for Matthew Embry, uh, our official IndyCar contributor, joining us and talking with us about the breaking news that happened this week. And certainly we're going to get into it here in just a moment. Some more detail and more uh, content about it on the NASCAR side of things, but uh, certainly uh, GoDaddy reunites with uh, Danica Patrick. The problem being is she does not have a car to put Danica, uh, to put GoDaddy on, Uh, so we'll get into that conversation here in just a moment. But joining us now from OnPitRoad.com, one of our official NASCAR contributors is Tyson Lautenschlager, joining us from north of the border there. You know, we're we're seeing some sunshine here today, uh, Tyson. Uh, We've been underneath this Arctic thaw. We've been living the way that you probably are used to living in the wintertime, so I won't complain too much, uh, but at least our, our temperatures have rose up to 40 uh, degrees or so, so uh, hopefully we'll start seeing uh, some some grass and, you know, normal stuff. We've been, we've been uh, living the Canadian winter uh, the past couple of weeks, sir. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I don't like winter either, so, you know, complain all you want about the cold because I'm going to. All right, great. Sounds good. Anytime I know I complain about the cold in the winter to somebody that lives up north, they're like, uh, you have nothing to complain about. So, okay, sounds good. Well, great. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's great news, but it's certainly breaking news, and it's certainly big news, uh, as we talked about in the first part of our show on the IndyCar side of things, because it's uh, the Danica Double, if you will. It's not the Double Double, but it's the Danica Double. And so uh, Danica plans to ride and close out her career uh, by driving in the uh, 2018 Daytona 500 uh, and uh, the uh, 2018 Indianapolis 500. Uh, and GoDaddy has agreed to a sponsorship of that the, the thing about it is uh, she we've heard the saying uh, uh, bag and helmet in hand will drive well she needs a car to drive as well she's got a sponsorship which I, uh, anytime a, a a driver can go to a team and say i've got money that's that's some good negotiating skills but as matthew just said in the last uh, segment it, it it doesn't mean anything if nobody wants you to drive for them so let's talk about the nascar side of things what what's it look like for her who she who who's the likely candidate for her to drive for uh, is it is it pinsky uh who, who do you think might be the most likely person uh to uh welcome her into the fold for the 2018 daytona 500 well i can tell you being that we're only about we're less than a month until the daytona 500 if she has a big name ride with a team like Penske, I would be absolutely shocked. Uh, I don't think that'll be happening. We, we've already seen um, Chip Canassi say, nope, negotiations are done. We, we haven't been able to work anything out. It's not going to happen. We've heard uh, Richard Childress just yesterday say uh, she will not be in one of our cars. Um, basically, what, what Danica is going to be looking at now is she's going to be bringing her sponsorship to a smaller team. 
Um, I think there there are not very many open rides at this point. There's a pretty good chance, I think, that we'll be seeing her with a team like Premium Motorsports, which she said when she announced this deal, um, and, and even long before that, when she was, you know, in the uh, during the 2017 season when she was announced to be out of a ride, she said she would not go to a smaller team that just wouldn't be competitive. But I think right now those are her only options. Um, so I think we'll see her with, with Premium Motorsports. But you have to remember, this is Daytona where you really don't need to be running for a team like Team Penske or, uh, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, whoever, to, to be competitive. Anyone can be competitive at Daytona because you just need to make it to the end of the race and, and you have a shot. Like Michael Waltrip did drive for uh, Premium Motorsports in uh, 2017 for the Daytona 500. It was his last ever start as well. Uh, and he ended up finishing eighth in that race. So Danica potentially driving for a small team at Daytona, it's not what she wanted. However, it still could uh, get her a good ride. However, she needs to lock down a ride now. She needs to start getting ready for the race. Well, what are – so who do you think – you mentioned that it would be a a team that's not so competitive. And, you know, the the Daytona 500 is a lot like the Indianapolis 500. It's just about being in the race. It's just about being a part of that. Uh, GoDaddy is a pretty big sponsorship. Certainly, as we mentioned earlier, uh, GoDaddy is much more known today than what they were when they uh, signed uh, Danica early in her IndyCar career. But let's face it, uh, James Hinchcliffe did more for the brand of GoDaddy than Danica ever did. Uh, But they they are both – you know, committed to each other at this point, and and certainly uh, it looks like GoDaddy is is uh, is all in on it. Uh, they have they are they aren't going to be uh, advertising in the Super Bowl, which they've been a Super Bowl fixture for many years. So they can focus on this sponsorship with uh, Danica Patrick. So uh, to me, it looks like that they're 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 very much committed to to Danica and to to see her su- success close out. So who who takes her? Who says, hey, I'll take that sponsorship all day long? Like I said, I think it's going to be a small team because for, for so many reasons. Because you're going to get a, a team like Premium Motorsports, um, Jay Robinson. They they need a, a driver uh, realistically to bring funding to them because it, it's not going to be out of their pockets anymore. If they're going to have a driver like Danica Patrick who brings not only the sponsorship but the publicity to that team, it can help them attract sponsorship for the remainder of the season as well. Not saying it will, but it, it gives them a chance to. So I see a, a team like Premium Motorsports, maybe a, a front-row motorsports do the same thing. However, I just I have a hard time seeing her with a Ford team right now, even though she ran Ford last year. It's just it, it doesn't seem like that is going to be the route she goes. Um, you know, maybe we see her with JTG Doherty Racing. Maybe they bring out a third car for the. Uh. Tyson, are, are you still with us, buddy? Sounds like we may may have. Well, we may have lost connection with uh, Tyson. We'll try to we're at, we'll effort to try to get him back on here in just just a, a, a second. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. Uh, he just kind of dropped off the line there. Uh, so we'll we're going to try to get him back on here. Um, Maybe it was uh, the Canadian call drop. <laughs> we 
Well, we're, we're continuing as we try to get him back on the line here. I, I know we're efforting to do that as as, as we speak. Uh, we'll, we'll continue our conversation about about Danica Patrick and about who is she going to get as a as a driver. I mean, in a car uh, with her. We're trying to communicate with Tyson here, and we'll get him back on here in just <laughs> in just a moment. Isn't that how things always go? You get in the middle of a good conversation, and then uh, it just uh, it just falls off the. Uh, Falls off the rails, falls off the rails, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we're trying to uh, get him back on the the air, if you will. Well, now my mic's having problems. Okay, we just keep. We're just going to keep moving forward. So we're efforting to try to get that's that's a that's the word in the business that we like to use. <laughs> when everything craps out, we 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 begin to efforting. We begin our efforting. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. If you want to give us a call, talk with us a little bit about NASCAR or IndyCar or Danica. This big breaking news with Danica uh, accepting a, a deal, a, a sponsorship or a partnership, if you will, from GoDaddy. That was that news broke this week, and you know it's big news in the aspect that you know GoDaddy hasn't been relevant in racing in, in quite a while, and it's you know it's it's uh, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to sponsor a race team. Uh, for a race, especially one like the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500, uh, so uh, we are getting close to getting Tyson back on here in just a moment. His uh, phone apparently crapped out, so I knew something crapped out. That's okay, uh, and uh, he is trying to find a place where he can call us back. So uh, we, we are now officially on Tyson Watch, uh, and we'll have him uh, back on. But, uh, you know, the, the thing about it is, where, where the downfall about it is, you know, say what you want about Danica. You know, we, we certainly have had a lot of our our uh, made fun of Danica at her expense on this show many times. Uh, the thing about it is she never won a race. Well, I think she won one time in Japan. Um, and I think Race City is just ready to move on from Danica. Danica is a is a very well known figurehead. Certainly, uh, you know, a, a great marketing marketing girl, if you will. And uh, you know, so it makes sense uh, to have her back on the car. We have rejoined now with Tyson Lautenschlager of uh, OnPitRoad.com. How are you, sir? I am well. I'm a little confused because my phone just randomly shut off, but I am back, so we're good to go. Well, you know what it is? It's the Danica Patrick conspiracy. Uh, they, her, uh, she's uh, in, in, uh, employed the NSA to uh, shut off any <laughs> communication devices when we start talking negative about Danica Patrick. You know, not, not really a negative conversation, but the thing is, it is going to be a smaller team, as you mentioned, and, and we, we did kind of lose you there when you were uh, giving your explanation about who she'll go with. So I'll let you pick back up where you left off. Uh, Danica racing the uh, 2018 Daytona 500. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where it cut off because I just continued talking and then, you know, I wasn't hearing anything <laughs> and realized my phone was off. Um, but basically, it sounds I, like I'm me thinking, and my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking what we're going to see is is Danica with a, a premium motorsports because uh, even one of the, you know bigger of the smaller teams, such as JTG, Doherty Racing, or Front Row Motorsports, they've already got drivers full in their cars. So it's just going to be too hard for them to 
you know, now add a third car with less than a month until the 500. So I don't see that happening. Premium Motorsports, they have an open seat. They never have full-time drivers. It just seems to, to really fit there. And, you know, maybe that other possibility being a BK racing type team. However, however, we don't know if that team is even going to exist at the Daytona 500. They've had a lot of issues surrounding them uh, throughout the last six or seven months. Um, so really, it's, it's a big question mark. We know Danica will be at the 500. She brings that sponsorship. So, you know, she really shouldn't have announced all this yet, as, as Matt was talking in the earlier segment. Um, but I think now, having made the announcement, she can at least say, look, I have the money. Somebody hire me. You think that's why she did that? Because, you know, Matt did say that it is very unconventional for uh, someone to announce the sponsorship before they have a, have a ride. Do you think that's why she did that? You, feel, you think she was feeling the pressure of getting a ride and, and basically said, look, hey, I have the money. Don't worry about the money. Absolutely. I think so because she really was kind of backed into a corner um, because I, she had been saying for so long she thought this was going to be really easy to get a ride. She really underestimated how difficult this was going to be. She announced back in November, and I think this was the big problem that she did, not not announcing that she has the sponsorship. Uh, I think the big issue that she had was announcing that she not was going to be looking for a ride for the 500 and, and for Indy. It said she she was going to make her final starts at Daytona and Indy. So she said definitively right there, I am going to race in the Daytona 500. I am going to race in the Indianapolis 500. And yet she said all of this without having the sponsorship behind her and without having a ride. So I think she was kind of backed into a corner. It's a month out until Daytona. She doesn't have a ride now, but she has the sponsorship. So at least she can go out there and say, look, I have the funding. So someone just put me in a car because that's, that's what you need right there. I, I have what you need to put me in a car. So let me ask you this as far as, you know, let's say she gets, a, she gets a ride. Even if she gets a ride today and she signs a deal and gets everything solidified in a day, it's going to be very hard for – now, granted, she, she has not been out of the race car that long, so it shouldn't be that hard for her to adapt. She is certainly used to racing at Daytona and Indianapolis for that, that matter, but she's definitely used to the tracks. She knows the tracks, but from the competitive sort of things – how difficult is it going to be for her to get ready for the Daytona 500, competitively speaking? Yeah, I think it's going to be all you know in her psyche, and it's going to be um, one of those deals where she needs to get out of her mind once she does have that ride, how long it took her to get to this point. She needs to think, okay, I have the ride. Now I just need to focus on the racing. I don't think it's going to be too difficult for her. She just needs to keep all that stuff out of her head. However, the problem that she's going to face is, you know, everybody going after her for interview requests. You know, NASCAR on Fox is not going to stop bugging her through speed weeks. They're going to interview her every opportunity she gets. And she's probably going to want to focus on driving, which is what she needs to do. It's going to be having that publicity around her. And I think that's another one of these reasons why the big teams didn't really want Danica because they didn't want, to have to worry about all this publicity. They wanted to focus on just the racing itself. Um, and I think that's going to be one of the problems that might not necessarily plague her at Daytona and at Indy, but it's going to become an issue for sure. Are you still with us there, Tyson? I am. I might still be having phone issues here. 
Um, but I think, you know, not you know, <laughs> I was like, everything going on is going to plague her a little bit, as it seems to be plaguing me. <laughs> the plague is out there, that's for sure. Well, let's uh, move on to a couple of the uh, other uh, big stories in NASCAR going on. Certainly the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame did their inductions. Uh, talk with us about the five inductions uh, in the 2018 class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah, last night uh, the, the induction ceremony did happen, and they had five really deserving people being inducted in the Hall of Fame. And the big one that, that everybody's talking about is Robert Yates, who um, obviously died uh, just a few months ago um, as the, the NASCAR season was getting ready to close out. Um, and Robert Yates, he had been suffering through cancer for quite a while and and um, was really uh, – the cancer was progressing and getting a lot worse. And um, Before he passed away, he, he wrote his speech in advance of being inducted, which was uh, voiced by Dale Jarrett, and it got everybody really uh, quite teary-eyed and it was a really nice moment um, to see Robert Yates, who has been such a big figure in NASCAR from his ownership to, to being a great engine builder. Um, seeing him get inducted was, was really, uh, really quite great. And then you also had Ray Evernham, um, Jeff Gordon's former crew chief. So you had uh, Gordon do the induction for him, and that was really cool. Uh, Ron Hornaday, one of um, the staples of the, the truck series, uh, was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and Ken Squire, a, a, an amazing NASCAR journalist um, who everybody loves, great announcer, great radio announcer and TV. And then uh, Red Byron, NASCAR's first champion, who has yes, been yes. on the ballot for the Hall of Fame for nine years, um, ever since the beginning, and finally they, they put him in. And it's really been a long time coming. He probably should have been in in one of the first few um, inductions, but they, they finally got it right put him in, and um, we have now the first champion in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Which, which kind of baffles me, because if you if you look at a lot, if you know racing, you know the history of racing. Red Byron was a man of many firsts. He won NASCAR's first sanctioned race, as you mentioned, on the Daytona Beach mm-hmm. itself, <laughs> on the actual beach, when they actually did, used to do that back in 1948. That same year, he claimed NASCAR's uh, first uh, long uh, season-long championship in the, in the NASCAR Modified. Uh, a year later, he won the inaugural championship of NASCAR's Strictly Stock Division, uh, which he would, would let, later evolve into our current Monster Energy uh, uh, Cup Series. Uh, in, his, in his title season, Byron also drove for team owner Ryman Parks, uh, a fellow uh, fellow NASCAR Hall of Fame member. Why did it take so long for Red Byron to get into the Hall of Fame, do you think? I don't know, and it has really been something that I've that's kind of upset me because as someone who, who really appreciates the history of the sport, He's someone, you know, you think first champion of the sport probably should have gone in in one of the first couple classes of the Hall of Fame, and it's taken nine years to get him in, um, which is really disappointing. Um, I think he didn't put up the the amazing numbers in his career, but his career also didn't last a whole lot long. So, I mean, this is someone who should have been in a while ago, and it's, you know, it's great that they finally put him in because the fact that he's been on the ballot for so long is, is really quite it just doesn't make much sense. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, some other things going on in the NASCAR uh, series. Uh, Toyota accepts uh, NASCAR trucks engine, uh, uh, NASCAR truck series spec engines. Thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, so the, the spec engines, which is something that a lot of people have been talking about in the truck series, um, has been something that Toyota has been very um, – not too happy about it. They, they don't want this to happen because it's going to 
um, sort of lessen the identity of, of manufacturers in the series, and it's really not going to make as much of a point around having manufacturers. Of course, there is the, the aerodynamics of how the, the trucks are set up, but the engines are the big thing, and Toyota builds really quite incredible engines. Um, so a spec engine would kind of not be great for them, and, and they actually just lost uh, Four Sport Racing, one of their um, really great partners in the truck series, and one of the, the reasons a lot of people are speculating is behind that is um, spec engines, because Toyota, they, they don't want to fully commit to the series if NASCAR implements this. And Thorsport wants to be with a manufacturer that is going to be committed to the series because they're a team that is only competing in the truck series and only ever has. Um, so they need a manufacturer that's going to be committed to them and that they can commit to. Um, so I, I think that the story of spec engines is going to be one that we need to continue to watch over the next uh, year or so to see if NASCAR decides to implement this and how the manufacturers take to it. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, other series and just some uh, news or hot takes that you know of that's going on that you want to bring us up to speed because we're only 27 days, 9 hours and 37 minutes and 8, 7, 6, 5 seconds until the uh, uh, next Era Energy 250 will start with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Well, the truck series um, for a lot of the off-season had been moving pretty slowly for quite a while, and then it started picking up over the last uh, maybe two weeks or so. We have uh, a couple of drivers who have secured rides, um, GMS Racing being one of the teams that seems to – I feel like I forget all the time how many teams they have because it seems like they're signing drivers left and right. They they just signed Dalton Sargent, who is one of, um, I think, one of the most talented drivers of the young drivers. Uh, moving up, they just signed him to a full-time ride. He'll he'll drive for them. They've also signed uh, Cody Coughlin and Justin Haley's going to return to that team, uh, along with uh, Johnny Sauter to make that. I believe it's just going to be a four-truck team, but you never know with them. They they usually stick someone else in there for the season as well. Um, so GMS, they've got a pretty stout lineup for the most part. Uh, I think Cody Coughlin needs a lot of finessing. He's um, he brings sponsorship with him. However, in his previous rides at Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports and uh, Sport Racing, he really has done less than impress. He, he has not been very good. Um, so he's going to really need to step up this year in order for teams to want to continue to hire him, even though he does bring that funding. Um, Kyle Busch Motorsports have been securing their lineup a little bit more and more each day, which includes adding Todd Gillen to, um, to their lineup He'll run uh, 19 races this year. Of course, he can't run the first couple because he's not old enough. He's still only 17. Uh, He turns 18 in, I believe, May. So once he turns 18, he'll run the remainder of the schedule. Dylan, he's another one that I think is extremely talented. Um, He's done so well in the K&N series so far in uh, the last couple of years, winning a couple of championships over there and winning a ton of races. Um, And then you have him... Even on his partial truck series schedule days run so far, he's competing for top fives and tens. So he does a great job, and and I think we're going to continue to see him do well this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a few races. Um, Noah Gregson is going to return to that team, KBM. He's got a full-time sponsor in Safe Light Autoglass, which is great for them to continue to pick up sponsors. Um, And Harrison Rhodes is also going to drive for them for, I believe, uh, nine or ten races this year. 
Well, we're 28 days, 4 hours, 34 minutes, and 28 seconds away from the uh, the Xfinity race. I can't not remember the sponsor. Uh, my brain, I'm a brain fart there. But uh, the Xfinity race series. So talk with us about what's happened in the off season and what's going on going into the 2018 season of the uh, NASCAR Xfinity series. So I think one of the big things a lot of people have been paying attention to in regards to the Xfinity series is um, College Racing, which is the team that has fielded a car for Lake Cook over the last um, two years now. Uh, fairly new team in the series. They only came in um, two years ago with Lake Cook, and they've done fairly well since then, uh, coming in as an RCR affiliate and um, with very limited experience in terms of Matt Collig owning a team. He's been a sponsor with Leap Filter um, for a number of years, but he came in and bought that team and has done very well, and, and Blake Cook has driven uh, quite well. But uh, the problem there was Matt Collig didn't want to put his company on the car for every race through the season like he's been doing the past two years because it's a lot of money. Um, so they were searching around and, and were looking for new sponsorships, and they found Ryan Truex, who did a great job in the truck series last year. And um, Truick's going to come drive for them in, in 2018, which kind of leaves Blake Cook on the outside looking in, trying to find a ride. Um, but Truick's brings a little bit of funding with him. Um, Bar Harbor and Sea Watch, um, which is a company his dad has had um, uh, has been associated with in the past, they're going to sponsor him for, I, I believe it's the opening 10 races of the year. And, and then probably, you know, they'll find other sponsors th- throughout the year and, and maybe Bar Harbor comes back. Uh, along with Lee Filter being on the car. So Ryan Truex, who, who's done great in the truck series, is going to move back to the Xfinity series. And I think that's going to be a good partnership. Uh, could have the potential to be even better than Blake Cook was with that team at College Racing. Um, so, and, and then another thing to look for is it seems like Brennan Poole is going to be looking for a ride because we kind of got confirmation uh, that he wouldn't be back with Chip Canassi Racing as uh we have basically, I think they're just going to run one car um, with John Hunter Ninochek, Kyle Larson, and Jamie McMurray sharing the ride throughout the year. So Brennan Poole, who's done um, a decent job with Chip Ganassi over the last few years, brought DC Solar to that team. DC Solar going to continue to sponsor the team, but will uh, not be sponsoring Brennan Poole, and he is now looking for a ride. We're talking with Tyson Lonsucker on pitroad.com, one of our official NASCAR contributors. Uh, we've been talking about Danica uh, in the uh, rejoining or the uh, reunion with GoDaddy as a sponsorship. Got to figure out who she's going to drive. Uh, certainly bringing us up to speed in the Na- uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the, uh, the Xfinity Series. But we are now 29 days, 4 hours and 31 minutes and 20 seconds away from the granddaddy of them all. And that's the Daytona 500. And that's when we can see the official NASCAR season is underway. What exciting things are happening inside NASCAR? Uh, I know there's always something going on in NASCAR, so there's a, a lot of hot takes to get to. But what are some of the, the biggest stories out of NASCAR right now? And certainly what are the biggest stories that we're looking at, obviously, is, outside of Danica, is the, the upcoming Daytona 500. What say you, sir? Well, I think we've got a lot of uh, really young drivers who are going to be making their way to the Cup Series, as we know, this year. And they're, they're going to be the ones that I think a lot of people want to watch, um, from William Byron um, taking over for Casey Kane in, in the um, – well, actually taking over from Chase Elliott in the 24, but that is basically going to be the old five car. 
Um, so from William Byron coming to Hendrick to run full-time um, to Alex Bowman, who's taking over for junior. Then you've got Bubba Wallace going to run the, uh, the famed 43, which is going to now be a Chevy um, as an association with uh, Richard Childress Racing. They're still looking for some of their funding throughout the year, but they should be there all season long. And, and um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that team does because obviously they are no longer a Ford team. They're moving into uh, an association with RCR, and it seems like it's basically going to be kind of a third RCR par just with the RPM name. Um, so they, they have the, the potential to run really well throughout the year. And then we've got a lot of um, one-offs for Daytona that should be interesting to, to watch. Um, Brendan Gaughan going to be back with uh, Beard Motorsports. They ran well in, in the restrictor plate races last year. Uh, you know, they came home in the top 10 for, I, I believe it was Talladega at the end of the season, or it might have been the, the first Talladega race, but they had a top 10 run there. We're 11th in the Daytona 500, so it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that good run, if they still have the good equipment to do that uh, in 2018. And then uh, another big one, Ricky Benton Racing, who's been a, uh, a name that a lot of people know from the truck series uh, over the last seven or eight years. They're going to make their first attempt at the Daytona 500. Uh, that was just announced a few days ago. Um, so David Gilland, who, um, who we mentioned, Todd, his son, he's going to run the Daytona 500 again one more time uh, with Ricky Benton's team. And uh, they're going to be running a Ford. I, I don't know where they've gotten their equipment from. They're probably old uh, Richard Petty cars. But they've, they've got a really good truck program, and they do well on the restrictor plates in the truck series. So um, they have a lot of experience behind the wheel with David Gilland and a good crew chief in Mike Hester. So I think they have a chance of doing quite well in the Daytona 500. Tyson, we appreciate your time. We certainly look forward to talking with you in more detail as we get closer to the Daytona 500. I appreciate you jumping on. Where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? Yes, you can always go to onpitroad.com where you can uh, find all the work that we do and follow me on Twitter at TysonLot23. Follow onpitroad at onpitroad. And next week, we've got the Rolex 24 at, at Daytona, which kind of reignites the racing season, um, the first big oh, yeah. racing season. So I'm really looking forward to that. Probably going to try to watch hopefully all 24 hours. Don't know how that'll go, but we do have a writer who will be <laughs> down at Daytona. Um, so we should have a lot of great content uh, on pitroad.com from Daytona. I always try to stay up for that. I never make it, but I always try to, to do that. So maybe we can have you on next week, and we'll talk in more detail about the Rolex and Daytona Five, uh, Day, Day, Daytona 24. I'll get it right. All right, buddy, have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you t- soon, sir. Get that phone fixed. Thank you. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to get this fixed. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Tyson Lotzlager of uh, OnPitRoad.com giving us a call north of the border up there in Canada, uh, certainly talking with us about NASCAR getting us up to speed. And we've been talking all morning long about this big uh, reunion, if you will, between uh, Danica Patrick and GoDaddy. Who will Danica drive for? That is the next chapter to be open, still yet to be written. We will find out. We will be following it for you. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media outlets, but primarily just go to at T-Balancing. And give us a follow. My name is Sean Mark with El Presidente. Hour two is coming right around the bend. We're going to be talking with Mo from the BS Sports Show. 
Hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, we'll have Ed Kratz, our official uh, contributor for the NFL and beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. But as you know, he's very, very busy this weekend as they get ready to try to earn a trip to the Super Bowl. And he is also a wrestling coach on top of that. So I know that he's got a lot going on, but he's going to try his best to join us in the next hour as well as Rick Riggin uh, is going to try to join us as well. But one thing for sure we know, we'll have Mo from the BS Sports Show, and we will definitely sit around here and talk about the uh, upcoming Super Bowl 2018, who's going to be in, who's not going to be in. We're going to look at each of the four remaining teams in depth and put it underneath the balance microscope. And you can certainly join that conversation, 917-889-8516. We'll be right back right after this on the Balance Radio Network. You're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about it. 
All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. One hour in the books, one hour in the can, if that's what you want to refer to. or I'll, If I could spend one hour in the can, I'd be okay with that. be pretty cool with that. Got uh, some sunshine here in our flagship city of Indianapolis, Indiana, where we broadcast high, high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. Been talking all morning long about uh, Danica Patrick and the reunion with GoDaddy. Uh, talked with uh, Matthew Embry uh, of, uh, at Open Wheel IndyCar uh, and uh, talked with him in, in detail about the IndyCar side of things. Certainly, Matt is our official IndyCar contributor. Uh, and uh, then we talked with uh, Tyson Lotzlager of uh, OnPitRoad.com. Gives us a call from up north of the border there in Canada land, uh, who also, ironically, doesn't like the cold. So that's uh, we learned that about that. I never met a Canadian that did not like the, the cold, but hey, that's 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 cool with me too. Uh, but still, continuing our conversation on the NASCAR side of things uh, with Danica and GoDaddy, and, and why we say NASCAR and IndyCar side of things. You know, it, uh, Danica has raced in both series. Uh, she started her professional racing career, obviously, uh, in she raced in several series, but her professional racing career uh, was with IndyCar, and we certainly remember her here in Indianapolis many times on both the IndyCar and the NASCAR side. And, and then uh, she moved on uh, to uh, go a full-time ride with uh, NASCAR and Tony Stewart and Stewart Haas Racing. Uh, she announced her retirement, but kind of her going away uh, – thing, if you will, she announced that she would do what's called the Danica Double, and she would do uh, the Daytona 500, uh, this coming up February, and then the Indianapolis 500 here in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, at uh, on in May uh, for 2018 to round out her career. Uh, and so the, the, the deal came together, and you know, she thought she had a ride with Richard Childress that did not happen and not come together, and she really just did not have a, a ride. And and I think she kind of just went out on her own there. Uh, and she had this relationship with GoDaddy. GoDaddy was her her sponsor in IndyCar. Uh, again, as we mentioned, though, I, certainly they both are much more well known now than what they were then. Uh, but uh, you know. At, when she went into the NASCAR series, uh, GoDaddy selected James Hinchcliffe uh, to be their driver, and uh, he, you know, was for the longest time, for many years, uh, was the GoDaddy um, driver, and then they got out of motorsports completely, and they have been uh, not even relevant, if you will, in motorsports uh, for the last five years or so. So, uh, you know, the, they're, they're back now. They're all in. Uh, they're not going to be advertising in the Super Bowl, which I've mentioned before. Uh, they're a pretty big, have been a pretty big fixture in Super Bowl. I'm sure all of us can uh, know and have seen a GoDaddy ad during the, the Super Bowl. So they're all in with, with uh, Danica, but Danica just can't find the ride. So that seems to be the big thing that we're talking about today. Uh, but there's something bigger going on, something much bigger going on than Danica and GoDaddy. It has to do with the NFL and not her relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, apparently that's her new boyfriend. Uh, she announced that her and Aaron Rodgers quarterback for the Green Bay Packers uh, are now dating. So she uh, uh, and uh, her expo of like five years, uh, Ricky Steinhouse Jr. Uh, split up back in November, and now she has somebody else. So um, she knows how to get around. 
Not the racetrack, right? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. We're standing by for Mo from the BSS Sports Show, uh, and uh, we think and hope and fingers crossed we could get Ed Kratz, our official beat writer for the Philadelphia. I'm sorry, the official beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles for USA Today, our official NFL contributor, uh, and Rick Riggin. He's got some things going on too that he's going to try to to call in, but. Uh, Mo is. Uh, we're standing by for him. I know he had mentioned to me that he would he would uh, be calling in, but if not, I'm sure we'll catch him on his normal time. So who knows? Uh, this segment it might just be me and you. It might just be uh, me and you sitting here talking about whatever. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is my digits. If you want to call, if you want to talk about uh, GoDaddy and Danica and NASCAR and IndyCar, if you want to talk uh, some uh, NFL, which is the conversation that we're going to merge into. Now we've got four teams left. We got the Philadelphia. Eagles, we got the Minnesota Vikings, we've got the New England Patriots, and we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's start on the a- AFC side of the ball. We, I tell you what, and, and what what is both disappointing to me, but understandable why. I mean, we've seen a decrease in audience uh, in the NFL, and you know, uh, according to some stats that I saw and heard, uh, there there were in the for the playoff. Uh, series. Uh, there are sixteen. There were sixteen million people less watching last week's game than there was the year before, and we've seen a, a decline in um, viewership and and such with the NFL. Yes, they are still one of the biggest sports in the United States, don't get me wrong. But I think that they just need to bring back their fan base, if you will. Uh, But the the unfortunate thing about it is if you missed football last week, you probably missed some of the best playoff games you'll ever see. Certainly, certainly some of the best playoff games that I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, and I watched a lot of football uh, throughout my life. Trust me. And I, the, the, the game against uh, New, uh, New Orleans and Minnesota is going to go down in the record books. Uh, to me, that's the first ever walk-off. Uh, walk-off, if we can use I know it's a baseball term, but if we can use the first ever walk-off touchdown, uh, the Minnesota Vikings digs just walks right into the end zone and certainly secures their spot in the final playoff against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jacksonville Jaguars hung in there, stuck in and did battle with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think most people thought going into last week that it would that Pittsburgh would easily handle the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, no one has taken the, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, seriously at all this year. And why? Probably because they're the Jacksonville Jaguars. To their to their credit and to their benefit, they did play in a weaker league that we know as uh, very well here in Indianapolis and as the AFC South. Certainly, the Colts had a terrible season, a terrible, terrible, terrible season. Uh, I'm so glad that that season is over. We could put that behind us, and we look forward to, to what's going to happen in, in the draft with them. And the Titans fell short of the mark as well. And, as you know, they, they released or parted companies uh, with uh, head coach uh, Malarkey. And so we'll, we'll see who's going to be the next coach down there. Uh, it's it's believed that uh, the Indianapolis Colts have hired or, and will make it official. They cannot make it official until the New England Patriots season is over. Uh, it might be over this weekend, 
Uh, if not, it'll be over after the Super Bowl, one way or the other, with a win or with a loss. Uh, their season will be over. And then the Colts will be able to announce that they hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach uh, for to replace uh, 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 Chuck Pagano. Uh, who they parted ways with in this season as well. So that brings us to the matchup this weekend, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New England Patriots. Now, we're, we're all making jokes about handgate, if you will. Uh, that's what that's what they're calling it now. And as you know, uh, Tom Brady had an injury to his hand, a so-called injury to his hand. Do we know if it's real? Do we know if it's fake? We we don't know, and that's the problem. I think they're just trying to do whatever they can do to get into the heads of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and hopefully they aren't playing their games or playing along their games. But but basically, uh, Tom Brady was out of practice this week. He missed some media uh, appearances, and then yesterday in at the media, he did wear a glove. Uh, reminded me of a white Michael Jackson. But uh, and when asked questions about. Uh, said hand he said i am not going to talk about my hand and so it seems like every year around this time of the year when we get into the the playoffs uh there's some sort of uh saga or story surrounding the new england patriots if we remember three years ago was it yeah i think it was right about three years ago we dealt with deflate gate there's been Spygate. There's been all kinds of gates uh, surrounding uh, the New England Patriots, as we know, and we won't get into all of them. But the recent one is this deal with Tom Brady. And it certainly is, is, uh, appears, and we'll talk to Mo about it, one of our uh, experts when it comes to betting and understanding the line and betting against the line and all that stuff. Uh, but it appears that Vegas is uh, you know, maybe uh, chomping at the bit a little bit about this. Because, see, if Tom Brady can't play, you know, then you got their backup, which, I, you know, honestly, I couldn't even tell you right now off the top of my head who it would be. But the, the question is, in line here with the New England Patriots, is do we, are we seeing an end of a dynasty here? One way or the other, are we seeing the end of the dynasty? You know, they, they were, the story that was released a couple of weeks ago about the uh, rift, if you will, between uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, uh, it uh, – uh, maybe it was a story. Maybe it was not a story. Uh, they, the New England Patriots, are pretty much saying it's a non-story. But they traded off uh, Garoppolo's to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, basically uh, 50 cents on the dollar, if you will, if you if you want to word it that way or look at it that way. Maybe it's more like 40 cents on the do- dollar, looking at the contract values. But nonetheless, uh, they ended up on the losing end of of that deal. And rumor has it. That Tom Brady was not feeling like feeling the love from the Patriots and and Bill Belichick and and, and so he went to Kraft, the owner of the of the. Uh, uh, now this is all specu- uh, uh, hearsay and speculation and so so forth. But this is the way the story goes, or at least one of those stories go that Tom Brady went to Bob Kraft and said, "Hey, uh, get rid of Garoppolo's. Obviously, you want to get rid of someone who's your biggest competitor. Uh, and maybe he felt like that Garoppolo's was, uh, you know, up and coming against him. And Tom Brady wants to be relevant. He wants to be the oldest playing quarterback. And, and you know, uh, and I know he has these special weird hippie diets that he has and and exercises that he does. And he does yoga and all this other stuff. And and maybe that maybe that'll stretch him out a few more years. But at the end of the day, uh, it's hard to play in the NFL at a top level, at a high level that that. Tom Brady has been used to playing at in your 40s. It's just hard to do that. So I think he saw the reality there, and so that was the the story there. Also, the story was that 
that Bill Belichick is the master of the dynasty, and he was looking to maybe look beyond Tom Brady, and Tom Brady saw that too as well. So we don't know. But what we do know is that we are all talking about the New England Patriots again. And, you know, as a fan of the – I hate the New England Patriots. I think we all hate the New England Patriots, just like we all hate Alabama, unless you live in Alabama or went to Alabama. Maybe we all hate the Yankees for the same reason. Uh, maybe we just don't like to see the same people win over and over and over and over again. Maybe we just don't like to be – you know, I, I wonder back in the days with the Chicago Bulls, remember when it was Michael Jordan and, and, you know, everybody was just all about, I want to be like Mike. And I wonder if we had the social media and, and the stuff that we have now, would we have gotten tired of hearing about the Chicago Bulls? I think, remember when the Chicago Bulls uh, went down to a game seven here uh, with the Indiana Pacers and they went on to, to go to play the Utah Jazz. But I think everybody was probably rooting for, uh, the Chicago Bulls. We weren't here in Indianapolis, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the thing about it is at some point, I, I wonder if dynasty is a uh, – is, is dynasty an old term? Is it an old language? Is it even relevant anymore? Is it Do people even like dynasties anymore? You know, maybe rating, rating purposes, we talked about the ratings. I think the NFL, as far as ratings – they don't want to see a uh, Philadelphia and a Jacksonville game. They want to see a Minnesota and a Tom Brady game. You know, they want to see uh, they want to see that. And you know, you may have seen a, a few good men. Remember the quote: "You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall." And, you know, I know we're all tired of hearing about the wall. I'm not referring to the Trump wall. I'm referring to the quote from the movie. But nonetheless. We do, I guess, at the NFL and media, they want to have Tom Brady on that wall. They want to have Bill Belichick on that wall. They want to have the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. They want to spend the next two weeks talking about uh, Tom Brady and a, another Super Bowl victory. And, you know, they want to make the jokes to say uh, the only thing that the Minnesota Vikings and the, and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are playing for this week is to see who will get beat by the New England Patriots. They want that kind of coverage. And they don't want to be talking about Blake Bortles. Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Blake Bortles, the the most hated quarterback in the NFL, who's not done anything wrong. He's won games, but you know, let, let, let's face it, he is no Tom Brady. He is no no healthy Andrew Luck. He is, uh, you know, he is no Ben Roethlisberger. But managed to, to beat Ben Roethlisberger last week. You know, maybe he's not even a Marcus Mariota uh, down in Tennessee. But the, at the end of the day, they've won enough games with Blake Bortles at the helm to be in the AFC Championship game, deciding on who's going to go to the Super Bowl. But nobody wants to see that. But, you know, Vegas, I think it's good. the line is now, I think it was somewhere around nine or so, and I think the last time I checked, uh, we'll talk with Mo here in a few minutes, but the last time that I checked, the line I think is down to seven now. So maybe Vegas is getting a little jittery um, because of Handgate, because – at the end of the day, if 
if there really is a now we're going to give the, them the benefit of the doubt that there's a real injury there, but and we don't know if there's a real injury there. And there might be this was, it might be all faked and fabricated by the New England Patriots to get into the heads of Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars better be preparing to play Tom Brady. Better not be preparing to play a. Or take their focus away from playing Tom Brady and 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 work their game plan around a a possible backup quarterback. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. But if it is a real injury, taking them at their word and giving them the benefit of the doubt. If it is a real injury, you know, and Tom Brady cannot play, it's going to be real indications on whether or not they get to the Super Bowl. I, I it really is, and Blake Bortles could end up going to the Super Bowl. And we're all going to be sitting back scratching and sniffing. Then what the hell? Where did that come from? What did this happen? So we got the New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. Uh, we're going to break it down in more detail. We're still uh, standing by for Mo. As far as I know, he's coming on. Uh, I have not heard from any of our other two uh, people from the crew, but hey, you know a crew of one. That's that's fine. Uh, you know, you got me. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. I tell you what, this is the one place where fanatics can come together and talk about their favorite teams. Uh, to talk about, you know, sports. That's what we do here. We uh, we put this show together about ten years ago or so. When I was working uh, at another radio station with ESPN Radio, and you know, it just got to the point where it was dictated to me what questions to ask, and it was dictated to me who my guests were going to be. It was dictated this, that, and the other. And so when I left, I just said, "I'm, I'm starting my own gig. And we started out as a small little podcast. We still have our podcast. We appreciate all of those that listen to us on iTunes and tune in, by the way. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. And when you do listen, are listening to the podcast, just make sure that you hit the subscribe button. Uh, that helps us help you know uh, when we've loaded a new podcast. And I'd like a lot of shows that maybe you might listen to. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And what they do is they take some of the best clips and put it together and, and, and maybe have uh, put their podcast together that way. My podcast is my show. So what you hear on the show, you hear on the podcast. But one of the great things about it is and oftentimes what we do is we have our balance extra when we lose our mainstream if you will, and uh, we're, we're just do our internet feed and uh, we just uh, those extras you can catch. On the podcast as well, whereas you cannot catch on the live stream. So there's some benefits uh, to the podcast. And, you know, uh, today we've been talking about GoDaddy back on the race car. Uh, we're going to be talking about who's going to be in the Super Bowl. And, you know, again, this is the one place where fanatics can come together and talk about their favorite teams. Uh, the balance brings you an analytical. That might be a stretch, but it's a big word, and we like to use it. Uh, breakdown of sports from a fan's point of view. We bring you breaking news, commentary, scores, stats, audio, and highlights. I'll tell you what, you know, if you're not following us on our social media, go to at T-Balance, just hit follow on Twitter, or go to Facebook and and find us, just search the balance, hit hit like. Uh, you'll see where we update all of our uh, uh, up, updating news, and, you know, we you probably get news faster from our news feed than what you would anywhere else. So go there and hit follow and hit hit like, if you will. Joining us now is the man, the only man, the only man worth talking to right now at uh, 1027 in the morning. Mo from the BS Sports Show. How is you, sir? I assume you said that because Ed and Rick were not available. 
<laughs> well, hey, it's better to be in the line of secession than not in the line at all, right? No, that's I'm right. just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right, baby. Well, you know, let's talk about, speaking of line to secession to the Super Bowl, I was just, you know, kind of talking uh, here a little bit about uh, Handgate, if you will, and, and Tom Brady. So let's talk about this matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then we'll get into the uh, Minnesota Vikings and uh, the uh, – uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, which is one reason why uh, Ed is having a hard time getting with us. He's also a wrestling coach, and so he's got something going on with that. And, of course, they're getting ready, and the Philadelphia Eagles are getting ready to play one of the biggest games of their lives, if you will. But uh, Tom Brady, uh, Handgate, let's start with that. Uh, real or not real? Uh, it sounds like something dirty you do to yourself, doesn't it, Handgate? Uh, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I I think it's real. I mean, I, I, it, it's an injury that a lot of quarterbacks go through when you accidentally uh, hit your hand during a pass on the on the, on the teammate's helmet. I can see it happening. Uh, you know, I, I hope he plays, and the reason I hope he plays is because if Jacksonville wins, I think they'd rather beat the Patriots with Tom Brady than without. Uh, so, and, and for the suspense and for the television uh, uh, spectacle that it is, I hope that Tom Brady does play. Well, more and more in what I'm seeing on social media and what I'm seeing just around, I have to say I am not going to be rooting for uh, the New England Patriots. I can't do it. I just can't force myself to do it. And as I was just saying a while ago, uh, you know, from the movie A Few Good Men, uh, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Maybe the NFL wants and needs uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots on their wall for the Super Bowl. They don't want to be spending the next two weeks to, uh, talking about Blake Bortles and how he was able to beat not only the Pittsburgh Steelers but the New England Patriots. And whether or not it was the Jacksonville Jaguars defense or not, it's going to be uh, the, the the credit's going to be given to Blake Bortles. And, and maybe we need to start looking at Blake Bortles as, as a serious competitor in, in the NFL. But a lot of people are just Jumping on the Jacksonville Jaguar bandwagon. Uh, so, what are what are your thoughts on that? Is it just that the the New England Patriots are the most hated, love to hate team? Uh, is, is it just that we just are tired of seeing them? Are we tired of the dynasty? Is dynasty even relevant anymore? Well, it's frustrating because I've been on this bandwagon for a long time, and now there's a bunch of people trying to jump over to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Dynasty is still relevant. The, what the Patriots have done over the last five or six years has been pretty amazing when you look at the consistency of that football team. It was it like seven straight AFC championship games or something like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I'd say they've, they've the Dynasty moniker is still uh, relevant for them. Uh, this Jacksonville team, the defense is top-notch. If you look at teams that have given New England uh, trouble at home in playoff games, whether it was Baltimore or the Jets, it's, they've had a very disruptive defense. Uh, you know, the disruptive front four, uh, smack talking, uh, uh, defensive backs, and uh, you know, just mediocre quarterbacks. So I think there is a, a recipe for this football team, uh, Jacksonville, to go in there and win this football game. It's they're going to have to shut down Tom Brady. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to get to him. And if you can get to Tom Brady early on. Uh, a lot of times that seems to be the recipe to uh, to win the football game. Blake Ward is going to have to play and uh, not make very many mistakes. Leonard Fournette has to be healthy the whole game. But there is a, a way for Jacksonville to come in and win this football game. 
Well, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars showed a lot to me last week. And as I mentioned earlier, it's sad to, on one hand to see the ratings drop off. I think I saw somewhere between 16 and 20 million people less watch the playoffs this year than this time last year. And so what they missed, though, was some really good football. And you got to look at the grind. It's unbelievable the amount of points that, that, that Pittsburgh was able to put up and still lost that game. And maybe it goes back to the onside kick. Maybe they should have never did that onside kick and, and trusted their defense. Maybe they should have done that. But at the end of the day, they didn't do that. And uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars cannot let the New England Patriots get as many points as they let Pittsburgh Steelers get uh, and, and, and expect to win that game. And, and I, as you said, I think if you sh- can shut down Tom Brady early, you know, as Mike Tyson used to say, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. I mean, so if you could do that punching in the face early and kind of knock him off his game, stop the run. I think that's key, key, key. And I think we've, we've seen the Jacksonville Jaguars and their defense, how good it is. If they can stop the run of New England Patriots, they could get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and the interesting side note to be to watching this game will be, that if Brady isn't 100% healthy or he does get knocked out of the football game and Brian Hoyer comes in and New England does lose, is uh, how much will this implode in the offseason because uh, Bill Belichick, by reports, was forced to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, if you take him out of uh, – if you were to put him in the game, take Tom Brady out and put Jimmy Garoppolo in, the point spread in Vegas does not change. Tom Brady's out and Brian Hoyer's in, it changes by more than a touchdown. So – It'll be interesting to see what happens if uh, this hand injury is real and play well or, or to miss parts of the game and Jacksonville does win. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what type of implosion happens with the New England Patriots because of uh, being forced to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you know, here, here's the thing. Uh, you, uh, there's, there, is there two masters of the dynasty, if you will, there in New England? Bill Belichick would like to say that it's him, and I'm sure Tom Brady would like to say that it's him. But if you remember right, uh, along about this time of year, uh, a few, uh, when, when Tom Brady was brought onto the scene, uh, we remember Drew Bledsoe uh, getting hurt and uh, another young quarterback come in uh, to play the Super Bowl, and that was a quarterback that we know as Tom Brady. Maybe Bill Belichick has an eye for things, and maybe he's the master of – uh, the dynasty, but maybe Tom Brady feels like he's the face of the New England Patriots, and maybe he very much is. Uh, but at the same time, you can't continue to age. That I mean, that's just life. Your body is going to change with you. No matter how much yoga you do, no matter, no matter how many hippie diets you're on, your body is going to age. And you cannot continue to play at a high level in the NFL uh, as quarterback at the level that Tom Brady's been playing at and continue to age. Your body is just going to let you down. Maybe Bill Belichick sees and maybe not another Tom Brady. There may, maybe will never be another Tom Brady, just like there may never be another uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, wait, yeah, there is LeBron James. I'm sorry. But, no, <laughs> but, but maybe, you know, he sees something in Brian Hoyer that uh, nobody else wants to see. Nobody else wants to see, especially if you're a Patriots fan or if you're Bob Kraft or whatever, you don't want to see somebody else snapping the ball for the New England Patriots other than Tom Brady. That's all you know. Well, yeah, I mean, if you remember Brian Hoyer's last playoff performance, what was it, four or five interceptions in the, in the first two and a half, three quarters? So, yeah, you know, uh, Brian Hoyer was kind of forced on, uh, on uh, the Patriots and Belichick as well because it was a backup who was familiar with the system, buddies with Tom Brady, and there was no 
threat uh, to Tom, you know, with his backup quarterback anymore. For all intents and purposes, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like a franchise quarterback. And, you know, Belichick had said that when you went from from Tom to, to Garoppolo, it was a seamless transition in practice. So, you know, it, uh, it'll it be interesting to see what happens if, uh, if they wind up losing this game because of Tom Brady's injury and uh, how he moves forward. Because Belichick, by all intents and purposes, if, if some of these reports are true, did not want to get rid of Garoppolo and saw him as the quarterback for the next six or seven years. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting. It's a you know it's a David and Goliath type game. I think everybody likes to, likes to watch that. And you know certainly uh, outside of the Cleveland Browns, uh, Detroit Lions, and Houston Texans, they're the only team in the NFL that's never been to a Super Bowl. Uh, and they're relatively young. I mean, they were established in 1995, uh, so certainly it's not the story as the Detroit Lions or or the Cleveland Browns not going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, 1995, I believe, is when the Jacksonville Jaguars came on on the scene. And you know the thing about it is. They, they will. I don't think anybody would have ever thought that the Jacksonville Jaguars would be one game away from the Super Bowl. But the fact is that they are. And whether or not how many points they allowed uh, Pittsburgh to score, or uh, Pittsburgh uh, did an onside kick and they they shouldn't have, whatever the caused the end result, they ended up with the W in the in the win column, and that's really all that matters. And when when you look at wins and losses, that's what matters. And if you want respect from fans and if you want respect from media, you get more wins than you do losses. And right now, Jacksonville has done that, and Jacksonville has has earned that respect. And Blake Bortles has too. I mean, I think he's the most hated quarterback in the NFL, but he's never done anything wrong. Uh, so, you know, it, it is going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. It's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a battle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's certainly not going to be uh, not going to be easy, but I'm going to get on that bandwagon. I'm going to root for Jackson, Jacksonville because I can't force myself to root for the New England Patriots. That's one reason from my fan side of it. And on, on the other side of it, I would love to see uh, uh, a an underdog like – I mean – who who's ever seen a, a an under if you talk about the if the Philadelphia Eagles get in uh Philadelphia and Jacksonville maybe it's not the most exciting as far as ratings go but come on uh, who wouldn't who who wouldn't want to see two underdogs get to the Super Bowl and and work through the playoffs and work through the season and especially uh with two mediocre if you'd say quarterbacks if if, if you will go ahead well, you know, I think the thing is that the secret ingredient that uh, isn't got a lot, isn't getting a lot of talking about is if you look over the last ten years, who have been playoff spoilers uh, for the New England Patriots was Tom Coughlin, who is uh, you know in charge down there, but is very hands on. He's on the field. He's at practices. Uh, he's had a hand in the way the guys dress, some of the swagger, and hiring the coach Doug Marone. So if there's anybody who I'd want to talk to about beating the New England Patriots. It's Tom Coughlin, and he's right there, a part of that Jacksonville organization. So, uh, you know, I think that that helps tremendously as well. Uh, you know, Tom Coughlin with the Super Bowl experience beating the New England Patriots. Uh, for me, and I have to think that NBC feels this way in the NFL, if Jacksonville does get in, then I think you pray for a Minnesota Vikings victory. So at least there's that story of the Vikings being the first ever team to play in their home stadium uh, in a Super Bowl. So there is that, that storyline as well. So, I mean, obviously I think the, the matchup that the, the NBC executives and the, the NFL wants is New England-Minnesota. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jacksonville-Minnesota I think brings some, some cool storylines as well. 
Absolutely. Well, let's move on over to the other side of the coin, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, certainly, Ed typically joins us. Ed Kratz, our official NFL contributor and beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but he has got otherwise engaged, and also he's a, a wrestling coach. He's got something going on uh, with that. So he's not able to join us. Uh, but let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. Here's an interesting uh, uh thing between the two quarterbacks and follow this this you've, you've probably seen this but uh maybe people have not followed this as in aren't as big of a nerds as, as you and i are uh the so the rams trade sam bradford to the eagles for nick Foles. Foles loses job with the rams to case keenum eagles draft carson wentz eagles trade bradford to the vikings bradford gets hurt and replaced by keenum Wentz gets hurt and replaced by Foles. Keenum and Foles will meet for a Super Bowl berth. One of them will be in the Super Bowl uh, th- uh, this year. Uh, that is kind of a weird uh, follow line, if you will, uh, between the two quarterbacks that will be playing tomorrow for a spot in the Super Bowl. Well, it shows you what a terrible coach Jeff Fisher is and what a terrible – uh, quarters he had as well, and they just didn't know what to do with him because you got two guys there playing for Super Bowl, and, and, well, that, and look at how good Jared Goff's been this year too. Uh, you know, to me, if Jeff Fisher gets another head coaching job, it'll be a friggin' travesty. He's just freaking terrible. You know, and, and you know, we we made jokes about John Gruden, and you know, me politicking for John Gruden on, on everybody, but he ended up getting a job. With, with the Oakland Raiders as certainly guaranteed money, or most of it's guaranteed money. But I wonder if him, Jeff Fisher, are just fixtures that people have in their mind like, hey, this is this is who they should be. This is who they used to be. This is who they will be. And i I, I got to be worried if I'm the Oakland Raiders with, with John Gruden. Not that he's not a good coach. He probably is a good coach. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know that he's worth all that money. But at the same time, I mean – Maybe they're they're looking forward to Vegas and they wanted to make a big splash to Vegas, but it doesn't really matter. They're going to see themselves doing exactly what the Chargers are doing. Are are doing uh, is that they can't feel that they can't put butts in the seat uh, because they are in a fair weather climate. And let's face it, people don't go to Vegas to watch an NFL game, so they're going to be appealing to the people who already live in Vegas. Um, I don't know that John Gruden helps them put butts in their seat in Vegas, but maybe so, maybe not. And, and the Rams certainly have had that issue. They're not going to have that issue next year. Certainly, I think a lot of people like watching Jared Goff and the Rams this year. They had a great season, and uh, they're not going to have a problem filling seats. But certainly, I think the Chargers are going to continue to, to fill seats. And you wonder why they even moved out of San Diego in the first place. But that, that's a whole no, that's a whole other tangent. So we look at the Minnesota Vikings, and we look at uh, – the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's look at their their journey. First of all, let's look at the game last week. As you, as, you, as I said earlier, uh, probably some of the best football I've ever seen in my lifetime was last week. And one of those games was the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. We saw a the first ever walk-off, if you will, if we can use that terminology in football, uh, first ever walk-off NFL touchdown in a playoff scenario type situation. First of all, if you're the Saints, you're like, ugh. Because, you know, Minnesota had total control over that game, and then uh, the New Orleans Saints came back and really kind of punched them in the face, and, and it really looked like all they had to do was stop Diggs. All they had to do was slow him down. All they had to do was just stop Diggs, not turn your back, not try to – I think he was trying to knock the ball out of his hands. Maybe he was trying to trip him out. But nonetheless, he was not trying to tackle Diggs, which caused him to just basically walk into the end zone 
game over. We've got the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, one thing, Marcus Williams, you know, the, uh, you're told in that situation a lot of times is whatever you do, don't get a penalty. Don't get a pass interference penalty because it puts them at that spot with that chance to kick that field goal. And if you're going to tackle the guy, you need to tackle him in bounds and not let him get out of bounds because it gives them that second to be there and kick the field goal. So for a rookie with all that in your mind, you tell, you're told whatever you do, don't get a don't get a penalty. So you're trying just to hit him and keep him in bounds, and it was just mistimed. I, I don't fault Marcus Williams for that. Was it a play he should have made? Yeah, probably. But in that situation, when you're told that with all that in your head, you're trying to think of three different things and play the game at full speed. I, I don't fault Marcus Williams for that uh, in that position. You know, that's where you're hoping to have a veteran quarterback quarterback to to play that role. But unfortunately, it wasn't like that. And and the catch is made, which was a, a spectacular catch with a great throw and and walk into the end zone. So it was a very exciting end of the game for, for the Vikings. On the Eagles side, you know, for Nick Foles, he made a lot of great throws. He made a lot of great throws on third down that kept drives going. Uh, but to me this week, Nick Foles is going to have to get the ball in the end zone and, uh, you know, throw for some touchdowns. And I think unless he's able to do that, it'll be tough for uh, the Eagles to stay in this football game. Both have great defenses. I don't think it's a high-scoring game. But I think Foles has got to be just as good as he was last week and a little bit better and, and get some balls into the end zone. I, I, I was uh, just uh, – uh, I thought it was amazing how great both of those quarterbacks, Keenum and and, uh, and Foles, played, especially in those, that position. And, again, especially making throws when they needed to. I thought it was a great game played by both quarterbacks last week. You know, uh, Mo, I'm sure what you just said was uh, prophetic and just uh, not pathetic, but prophetic and just very awesome. But somehow I lost connection to you, so I do apologize for missing the last part of your your conversation there. So I dropped off and I had to reconnect. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I'm sure that I, that it was awesome, and thank you for enlightening our fans on that. So if I ask you a repetitive question on something that you just said, I just say. Uh, you should not have disconnected somehow. I don't know. We had a problem with Tyson who called from Canada, Canada area, and his phone just crapped out. So, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you just you go in the crapper and you just don't know what's going to come out of it, what's, how it's all going to happen. All right, so let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles side of the ball. Obviously, we, we, we follow the Eagles quite thoroughly uh, with our relationship uh, with, with Ed, uh, uh, good friends with Ed. So I talk uh, quite extensively uh, with Ed about the Eagles, so very, very knowledgeable. And Ed will be the first one to tell you that he's, he's kind of worried about Nick Cole. At the, at, at the helm of getting them to uh, the Super Bowl. What does the Philadelphia Eagles have to do? They're probably the weakest uh, number one spot. They, 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 they certainly go in again this week as, a, as an underdog. Uh, they, they proved, though, that they can make them be the underdog and still win. Uh, but, again, going back to what was said earlier, you know, I think the NFL wants to see a Minnesota Vikings and a uh, New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Certainly the Minnesota Vikings are going to do whatever they can do to keep uh, keep the Philadelphia Eagles from going to the, the Super Bowl. They want to be the first team ever to host the Super Bowl and to be represented in the Super Bowl. Obviously, though, it still won't be a home crowd because it's a, it's a corporate ticket type deal. Uh, I mean, it's great that you live there, but if you don't have a ticket now to the Super Bowl and Minneapolis goes to the Super Bowl, well, you might as well go ahead and, and start the mortgage paperwork on your house because that'll get you one ticket. Uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles have to beat the Minnesota Vikings. How do they do it? Well, you know, I was talking about when you dropped off, I, I think that Nick Foles has to continue to play like he did last week, whether you're, you know, making those third down throws and keep drives alive and extend drives. 
But this week he's going to have to get the ball in the end zone, which he didn't do last week. You've got to, uh, if you're Nick Foles, figure out a way to get uh, the Eagles into the end zone more and uh, and then continue to make those throws on third down and not make mistakes. He threw the, came out throwing the football last week and threw it very well. That's got to continue this week, but now it's got to continue, which leads to more points on the board. So I, I look for uh, for the Eagles to be successful. Nick Foles has got to throw some touchdown passes or help get them into the end zone and not set up for field goals. That's what can keep them from going to Minnesota. So if the Eagles want to win, Nick Foles has got to be uh, got to be efficient on third down again and throw the ball in the end zone. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what Vegas is talking about with the uh, AFC game between um, uh, the uh, New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, they're still the favorite. I think the line is now a seven, but it went down, I believe, from nine to about a seven. And I think a lot of Vegas might be trembling a little bit about a uh, hand gate, if you will, or maybe that's what they're just trying to do is move the line a little bit. A lot of money is going to be chucked down on both teams, but you know, you would think that if uh, people are worried about Tom Brady's hand, and they're going to be, you know, certainly uh, at least uh, betting for Jacksonville to, to cover the spread, and it's down to seven. So, uh, your Vegas people, what are they saying about this game? Well, I, I bet it early. When you like an underdog, you bet it early. I bet it at nine. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is some concern, but uh, everybody believes that Tom Brady's going to play. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, that there's definitely concern after the way Jacksonville played last week. With this defense, I think there's a concern. You saw the uh, the uh, uh, overall point total the uh, be lowered as well because of the defense. So it, it, it's a tough game. I'd still probably bet it at seven, but nine makes me feel a lot more comfortable. That's why I took Jacksonville and, and took the nine points for sure. Well, let's. Uh, what about what are people saying about the? Uh, um... Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. I was looking for the line there, so I apologize. I don't have it up. I don't know what the line is on, on that game. But what, what are your uh, buddies in Vegas talking about? It's a three-point line, and uh, I don't think anybody feels it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, but I, I think that this is a game uh, that they feel is going to be very defensive-minded, especially with these quarterbacks. And, and maybe it shocks us, and we do see a higher-scoring game. I don't know. But uh, Vegas has pegged this one to be a low-scoring game. And they're, uh, it's, the Eagles are a three-point underdog. I took the Vikings and gave the three points. What is Vegas most worried about the current playoff situation that we've got? Well, obviously Tom Brady not playing or, or being injured in the game and, and Hoyer coming in after the line's already set. Now, you can bet games by half. So if there's a Tom Brady injury, uh, you could see the line shift a big time. But Tom Brady – his health is what they're concerned most about. So, how much of this with the with Tom Brady? Because he, what that we've been here before. You know, we've seen this before. There's always something surrounding the New England Patriots around playoff time, and you wonder. And, and I tell you what, I think uh, Tom Brady's probably the only Hall of Fame quarterback. A player who has won as many Super Bowls as he's won, who spent his entire career as listed uh, questionable uh, on on a team's playing list. So you really don't know with Tom Brady. And, and uh, what what are your thoughts? What are your gut thoughts on this? Is this something to really be concerned about if you're if you're a Patriots fan, or is this something um, that is just again the Patriots doing what the Patriots do? Well, I would be concerned, and here's why: Tom Brady is one of those guys. The superstar athletes, uh, you know, like uh, Peyton Manning, who's very big on preparation. The fact that he set out practices, 
uh, is concerning. Uh, I would, if I'm a Patriots fan because Tom is all about preparation and practicing. So to me, that's that's a concerning aspect if you're if you're a Patriots fan. You know, we've seen a lot of issues uh, with with bad calls and refs in the in the uh, regular season, and we we saw some bad calls. Uh, not as much as you know, and maybe if you're a fan and you just didn't like the way a call was played, but we've seen some somewhat questionable calls by refs. Are we seeing a trend to where the teams not only have to prepare for the team that they're playing, but they also have to prepare for the ref that is roughing that game? Uh, any thoughts on that? I believe that good coaches prepare every every week for that. I think they they look at trends of how officiating crews call the games. Uh, you know, just like the NBA teams do. I think you look at at the trends of how they call it, where they call, do they let you be a little more physical, uh, you know, within a little bit longer than five yards? Uh, where, do, where do they tend to call holding penalties? So I, I think that the good coaches prepare for those crews every week. So I think that's done, none different, especially for a guy like Bill Belichick. So, yeah, I believe that they prepare for those crews 100%. Well, certainly we'll have our annual Super Bowl uh, show that we do, and I hope you'll be able to be a part of it. So we'll, we'll, we'll save our Super Bowl picks for that. But who gets to the Super Bowl? I'm going with Jacksonville and Minnesota. Well, I'm going to agree with half of that equation. I'm going with Jacksonville and Philadelphia. I'm going to stick with Philadelphia. I've been on the Philadelphia train for a while, even before uh, even before Carson Wentz was hurt, uh, when they started really showing early on in the season that they uh, – and I know, Ed, I can show you the text. I told Ed early, early on in the season that you guys are going to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to stick on that train, and, I, you know, I'm going to uh, dance with my prom date, if you will, and uh, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's talk a little bit why we still got a few minutes left here uh, because we don't have the whole crew here. We'll probably not have our normal balance extra. Uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the coaching changes, uh, certainly right here at the Indianapolis Colts. It is believed, not made official, so nothing's official, as John Gruden would say. Uh, but uh, it appears that the Indianapolis Colts have made a decision with Josh McDaniels. And that, you know, again, is another th- question mark that just makes me wonder about what's going on in New England because you see the defensive coordinator uh patricia looks like he's going to take the head coach job at detroit josh mcdaniels the offensive coordinator uh taking the job here does that show a signal or smoke signals if you will that bill belichick's on his way out and that the end of the new england patriots of the way we know it now uh is is going to come to a conclusion one way or another whether they lose this weekend or they win or win or lose the super bowl uh the end of the bill bill belichick era because to lose two coordinators, uh, to me, and, and it's not like Bill Belichick and the Patriots did not allow them to interview. They had to allow them to interview. They are still in their season. So they knew something. To lose two coordinators, uh, two top coordinators, to me, that signals something deeper within the Patriot organization. But we'll start with uh, Josh McDaniels coming to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm okay with that hire. And let's face it, I mean, we want to believe that Andrew Luck will be back, and so I believe that he will be. Uh, but nonetheless, you want uh, somebody who's going to help develop a young Jacoby Brissett if we have to result to him to even one, two, or a portion or all of the season. Uh, certainly, if he becomes our quarterback, you want somebody that's familiar with it. And let's face it, uh, Josh McDaniel spent a lot of time with a, a Jacoby Brissett, so I think it was a good hire. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who have looked at the Josh McDaniels first as a head coach is a failure, which it was, and you hope that he's learned something. The Colts gave another guy a second chance, and it turned out pretty well on Tony Dungy. 
So I think that, uh, you know, of what was available, this is probably the best tire for them to make. I think they needed to go with an offensive-minded coach. Uh, so, you know, I look forward to, to seeing that. The fact that Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator, turned down the Giants, I thought was uh, curious, but maybe it shows you the state of where the Giants really are right now and opted for the Detroit Lions job, which all intents and purposes it seems like he's going to take. So uh, what will check want to do and what happens if, if they fall this weekend and, uh, and, and injuries to Tom, uh, you know, as part of it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Will this mark the end of Bill Belichick in New England? That's, that's actually the most curious thing because then what happens? Do, does he sit out? Does he go somewhere else and do teams start scrambling and looking to fire somebody that, that maybe they've just hired or, or they're not unhappy with to bring in Bill Belichick? So it'll be a very curious scene should Bill Belichick become available all of a sudden in the offseason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, a total madhouse. Um, yeah, you had a job, but now you don't have a job. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how all of that uh, pans out and, and plays together. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested also to see how the draft comes together. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the draft. You would think that Cleveland would. But, we did, again, we're talking about Cleveland Browns uh, end up drafting uh, Donaldson in that first round. Now, I am on the fence with this. I, there's the, the one part of me that says – you know, I want to be selfish and gobble up uh, Shaquan Barkley uh, from Penn State because even though running backs are a diamond dozen and you never want to waste your, waste your first round on a running back, a lot of people, well, that's the theory. Uh, and, but he may not be no Ezekiel Elliott, but he's certainly uh, one of the primo, primo running backs that we need. And let's face it, uh, Frank Gore's not getting any younger. Uh, you know, Mack has is, is proven himself. And, you know, we do need, as as Jim Mercer said in his uh, press conference, uh, one of the many things he said in his press conference is, we need a back like Edron James. Well, maybe that is his Jaquan Barkley. So part of me wants to see that happen. But we've got to protect Andrew Luck. We have got to protect Andrew Luck. So maybe we, we, we ignore that, that Barkley's there and we go after uh, a Chubb or we go after uh, the guy from Texas. What's, if you're Chris Ballard, and you're in that war room, and, and this is your first draft pick with the Indianapolis Colts, this could determine your legacy. This could, could uh, have you uh, win with the press or with the fans, uh, or it could certainly throw you in the crapper. What does Chris Ballard do on draft day? What does he have to do? Well, you know, I don't think that Saquon Barkley is going to be around to the third pick, and if he is, you know, there's two idiots ahead of us. Uh, you know, I, I'm taking uh, probably a linebacker and edge rusher with that third pick, and then I'm trading back in the first round and drafting one of those offensive linemen from Notre Dame if I'm the Colts. If Saquon Barkley's there, obviously I think you take him, uh, but I don't see how he's still there at the number three pick. Uh, again, you know, the Colts have, have struggled in two major areas lately. That's protecting the quarterback and, and rushing the quarterback. So I think there's uh, uh, some talent up there at the top of the draft in those uh, edge rushers and then linebackers. So I think that's where you go with your third pick. And I think, again, you figure out a way to trade back in and get one of those Notre Dame linemen who are plug-and-play ready to go and help you protect that quarterback. If the, if the Giants draft a quarterback with a first round, does that tell us what Eli, the plans they have for Eli Manning? But yes and no. I, I think that a guy like Josh Rosen is not ready to play in the NFL yet, so I think he sits. Um, you know, I – I don't know. I don't think they get they move Eli along this uh, this off season. But I, you know, if they do draft the quarterback, I, I believe that he won't play right away. It'll be uh, 
it'll it'll be a wait and see. Because I again, I think that the Giants are a team that's ready to win now. You know, they had one of the top defenses a year ago, and you said injuries and things fell apart this year. So I still think they're a team ready to win now. And and drafting the quarterback at that number two spot doesn't help you add a piece to win now. So <laughs> to me, Saquon Barkley or an offensive lineman is a pick for them right there too. You know, they're uh, they're a team that's suffering both of those areas as well, offensive lineman and, and running back. So uh, again, I know that. If I'm Cleveland, I'm drafting Barkley one and uh, and seeing what happens with the quarterback at four. So uh, the, the Giants, though, if they draft the quarterback at two, I don't think he plays right away. I think Eli still starts the season. We've been talking with Mo from the BS Sports Show. Uh, I, I know we're not going to go and do our balance extra, but any uh, final thoughts or words of wisdom that you may have? Half for us regarding uh, the uh, the playoffs or anything else of, of uh, Moisms, if you will. Well, if you're if you're betting an underdog, always remember this for Super Bowl week when the lines come out. If you like an underdog, bet it early because you could have had Jacksonville, you know, for for over a touchdown. And now, if you're betting Jacksonville today, uh, you're looking at uh, at, at a, a touchdown spread. So if you're going to bet an underdog, bet it early. Bet, bet it early. If you, if you know what you're going to do, do it early. Mo for the BS Sports Show, we appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? On Twitter, at Mo Radio Show. On Twitter, at Mo Radio Show. All right, buddy, we'll be talking with you soon, and uh, certainly we look forward to, to see what happens this weekend. Next week, we'll know who's going to be in the Super Bowl, and, of course, uh, we're going to be having our annual Super Bowl show as well. So things are about to get good, as they say. Have yourself a good weekend, looking sir. Looking All right, man, you too. Looking forward to it. All right. Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us in talking with us and helping us break down uh, the the uh, NFL postseason and what's going on there. My name is Tom Marquisel, President Day. Thank you to Matthew Embry and uh, Tyson Lautenschlager uh, joining us for our racing segment uh, this morning, uh, talking with us about you know Danica Patrick and that reunion with uh, Go Daddy. She just got to find a drive. She just got to find a ride. I'm sorry uh, to uh, to let her come into the fold for the uh, Danica Double, the Daytona 500 2018, and the Indianapolis. It's 500 uh, 2018 to wrap up her career, and uh, certainly we we've been talking about uh, the handgate with uh, the New England Patriots and certainly the matchup between the New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. My name is Tom Marquis L. Presidente. Remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Follow us on our social media at T Balance. Uh, that's the main place. We've got some other uh, social media outlets as well and Facebook, The Balance. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.